0: If competition and rivalry and war are the things that need our economy to keep going, what's the opposite of that? Cooperation, alignment, and peace.
1: Welcome to Sacred Leaders with me, Sacred Tassias, leadership and embodiment coach, author, speaker, entrepreneur, humanitarian, and modern medicine woman. And you have found a podcast where today's top leaders, conscious entrepreneurs, spiritual teachers, and personal development experts share with you the insights, tools, hacks, and strategies to help you bring more depth and embodiment to your life and leadership and amplify your impact from the inside out. Today's guest is Luke Cohen, who is a conscious leader, speaker, artist, poet, and ecopreneur. Luke has over a decade of experience empowering individuals and groups, and mentoring emerging leaders, founders, and change makers. He is deeply passionate about bridging the gap between social entrepreneurship and environmental activism, and since. 2008, Luke has been supporting consulting and co-creating with movements, communities, organizations, and leaders that are committed to the formation of leading-edge eco-villages, educational institutes, and innovative solutions to solve our world's greatest challenges. In this conversation, which I can tell you was quite deep and activating, we discussed different models and structures that society gets to adopt if we want to move towards a world where freedom, justice, sustainability and peace prevail. We also dive into the outdated leadership paradigm and different collective and individual shadows that we are facing, as well as different aspects of our healing journey that we get to embrace when we are wanting to step into true leadership. We also speak about how collaborative and conscious leadership can take place and talk about what the concept of New Earth is not. For those that think that this is all about like living in a hippie commune and bringing down all forms of capitalism, we really go into what this concept is about and how could it take place in a really grounded way, in a way that... Honors our individualism, that honors our individual journeys and our individual missions, while creating a um, collective experience that benefit us all way more than what the current models of society we are living in the current structures um, do and provide for us. We speak about all of these, as well as quantum healing, what being a sword for humanity's collective awakening may look like, and some other deep topics. I found this to be a quite unique and activating episode and I really hope that you get a lot of value from it. Keep on listening as we dive right into it. Before we start, I wanted to let you know that I am opening up a couple of spaces for private initiations. These are private coaching containers for women that want to radically transform their life and leadership through doing the deep embodiment in her work. This is for the woman that is ready to be initiated into a whole new level of embodiment of her truth and her mission, ready to meet herself more deeply and authentically than ever and bring more depth to her legacy as a leader and entrepreneur. This is about amplifying your impact from the inside out. And if you want to learn more, head to my website, the link to apply for this is in the show notes or direct message me on Instagram with the word initiation and I will personally share more details with you. Now let's get into the episode. Look, thank you so much for making the time to be here. We finally are making it happen and I'm so I excited for this conversation.
0: Yeah, grateful to be here with you and aloha to everybody listening.
1: Yeah. So I would love to start with what you just shared with me before we press recording. You were telling me a little bit about your background and how it's all tying up into systems that are more supportive to our life and how to really restructure the systems that our society is built upon. But I, I wanted to share it because it was so interesting. So let's start. Um,
0: there. Yeah, sure. I'm happy to give some context. Like, so essentially for me, I, I had a full healing crisis in college that got me on a, on a healing path. And so my, my entry point into this sort of way of thinking came through the entry point of, of healing healing myself and having to go on the journey to you know, understand what was going on for me that my body broke down at 22 and why I had addictions and depression and, and how I healed all that. And, and, and as I journeyed um, I ended up in this eco-village in 2008 when I drank medicine for the first time and I was given this huge, you know, vision of communities living this way all over the world. And it was, I found my why. I was like, well, my God, this is like why I'm here on the earth. This is this is a staple of one of my sort of dharmas, if you will, uh, of offerings to humanity. And from that point on over the next you know 15 years or whatever I I immersed myself in different environments like that from festival production and entering the transformational festival scene from sort of a background of mysticism and yoga and things like that and starting to get exposed to more of the the indigenous wisdom lineages and and really immersing with, with teachers and elders and learning those ways so that was like one of my first intersections was sort of this universal spirituality of like, what's the inter interfaith inter occult, into esoteric connection points between these different lineages. And then, oh my God, like this feels like home, this way of prayer with with indigenous people, this this connection to the earth is really, really like essential. And where those intersected into transformational festivals as like this creative ecosystem of, of art and and yeah. you know consciousness and just the, the melting pot of possibility that, that erupted so it was so inspiring because it had that essence of community and for me like at the end of the day beyond any of these things I'm a community builder you know I'm really I'm a connector and so I saw that community was an answer to a prayer that people had like that that's one of the most healing things that we can have in life is is actual community and so like community builder, event producer, kind of came online at one stage, and then eventually got more into entrepreneurship and, and mm-hmm. intersecting with like a much wider demographic of people that were in philanthropy and conservation. So I've been bridging sort of the mystical, indigenous, transformational festival, entrepreneurial, philanthropic, you know, arenas for a while. And the intersection point is this: these new systems design, like what what creates resilient community, what actually builds coherence between people in relationship and how the, how does that become a scalable thing? Like, this, the, you know, we've heard these terms like anti-fragile and, and anti-rivalrous and, you know, these 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 core themes that emerge as we start to look at architecting a new quality of culture on our planet. So at the end of the day, it's like, what I look as a through line between all these things is the culture. Like how do all these different systems actually inform a new culture? So that's been kind of what I've been, Life has been pulling me through these initiations over 16 years, sort of, and when you're in it, you don't know it, right? Like, you're like, oh, this, this is an interesting initiation happening. Like, why did I end up with this group here in Boulder? Or why am I in Costa Rica with this? And then, you know, looking back in this year at post Corona, I'm like, oh my God, like it's, it's, something's crystallizing. Something, something is emerging that has the, the, the new codex of that culture and the, the tangible lived potential grounded potential of where the multi-dimensional and the quantum and the spiritual is actually touching the ground in physical manifestation and creation business and spirituality business and community uh healing and and, and new systems
1: mm, i love that and there is so much so much that we could go into with this but as i was sharing with you before we jumped on the recording this is something that's been really alive for me as of recently only because as somebody that naturally has a deep interest in the psyche and feelings and all things emotions shamanic all of the things for me my studies have been in trauma and somatics and shamanic work and energetics and i've learned how to look at a human being and go what's getting in the way to your freedom sure. let's go find that right yeah so i my approach for the past years had always been well we gotta awaken ourselves individually and until the collective one by one doesn't awaken we will not find that what i am recently diving into is this new idea of well if the soil that the seeds are currently planted in is poisoned it is a lot harder and it may take a lot more time for each individual to awaken but what if we change the soil and created systems that are healthier that are more supportive of all life and more respectful to to truth to justice to transparency would that then um, create a way more rapid pace for the awakening and the integration of those truths amongst us all so I'm becoming really passionate about not just looking at the individual which has been my work up until now sure just doing the one-on-one or you know small groups um coaching and ceremonies and all that but how can we bring those concepts into the systems that run society and our communities yes. so that we can create that change through that tell me more
0: <laughs> <laughs> well what, what I'm hearing what, what I'm like my whole body's lighting up as you share because I'm like yes, yes 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 is the intersection of our individual awakening and healing journey and where that intersects with the whole. There's there is an intersection point. And some, some people have been trailblazing and going ahead. You know, they, you know, the Barbara marks, hubbards of the world, you know, that were like, you know, the Buckmeister Fullers that, that got these downloads years ago, and then they, but the consciousness wasn't at a level to match the actual alternatives. Not only that, obviously there's there's been you know, dominant structures that, that overpower and have tried to suppress these life supporting systems. And then all the thought forms and paradigms and group agreement fields that happen around sustaining them unconsciously or otherwise. And so there's still this element around consciousness that we that we get to touch in on at this intersection, which is, which is exciting. And, and I think you're absolutely right. I love the analogy of the soil. And so if, if we want to create a garden, you got to break up the concrete. Right, like, or you you move to a, a new section, right? So I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be both a migration out of cities into more of these these eco village, sustainable situation, and there's also going to be this sort of uh, understanding of bringing regenerative systems into cities. And the thing I'm tracking in the interoperability is one of the words that we, we we had from this weekend, of like, how do we plug and play? How do we how do we intersect and add value to each other in a way that's not just dependent on transactionality or just trying to get something or get somewhere but actually is building a deeper relational um coherence between between human beings so in the, in the way the systems are set up right now it's very individualistic there there is a I, 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 me 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 element to how the old system is functioning so all the distortions of the old world is what often a lot of people are actually healing from we're mirrored and taught codependency at a very early age in our cultures and in the modern world. We're taught uh, to just obey authority and not think for ourselves. Like there's so many programs that we're given. And often when we go on a healing journey into energy work, into the, like what, you, what you're passionate about, we have to dismantle and start to unravel the the inherited Distortions and a lot of, and on an emotional level or ancestral level, like we're inheriting shame from some ancestor, or we're inheriting these things that don't even belong to us that that we have to clean up. So, I think there's there's varying degrees of what we need to unplug from, or or unravel in order to then reinvite what our core, like what our soul wants to express. And and I think as people do go through this awakening, and more and more of the soul essence is the primary driver then the world that we create from that space is different, right? Like if you're, if you're experiencing your divinity and you're experiencing the beauty of life, you're naturally going to give your energy to something different, right? You're not going to give it to, to entropic systems that depend on suffering or, or or struggle or competition to work. You're going to naturally want to create more beauty. So I think that intersection of the I to the we and, and the, the natural healing and transformation and consciousness shifting and you know, belief-examining ways. It, it, again, for me, it's a cultural phenomena. So, mm-hmm. until we actually have a unified culture, or there's enough enough of a culture that is integrated and and touches on all these elements, it's going to be it's going to be a bunch of silos, and it's going to be very scattered, and and mm-hmm. and in these just little pockets you know, I have I, used this analogy of the sixties in the past, you know, there was, there was, there was a unified culture. There was a unified music. There was a unified movement and everything that was being experimented then in terms of like where the power structures were and what they observed and where we are now, it, it's been completely fragmented. We don't have one cause to rally behind one injustice or one, you know, song, we have a million subcultures, a million causes, a million front lines, a million of that. And so we need to find the, the common core value system that that touches all the different elements that have been fragmented and bring it back into a, enough of a wholeness that we can onboard a qualitative invitation for participation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like like, your participation is welcomed, is needed, and there's a place for you in this new culture, and your gifts are here, and you're, you're allowed to be in process and have your wounding, and, like, here's what's not working, here's what we get to discover together, and, like, that's, that's sort of where we are in the, in the arc, is that a lot of, even a lot of, quote-unquote, authorities are people that are well-established in this old system, that may not be the quality of leadership we actually even need anymore
1: Absolutely.
0: as we go into new territory, so. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I I often say that I do believe the future is ancient and looking at ancient cultures that knew how to live in right relationship with one another, with the earth, with all beings. So there was uh, an equilibrium of how they lived and they understood their sacred relationship to everything and everyone. So I feel like bringing that interconnectivity, that understanding that when we are in the I without the we, we are in an illusion, we are forgetting the truth of who we are and the truth of where we are and what we're after. Because even if I was to really trust to, try to convince myself or was convinced that it is secret and secret and secret and just secret, Ultimately, I am co-living with everyone else in this planet, right? So there is this need to really understand and remember in depth, not just as a conceptual kind of cognitive thing, but actually understanding an embodied level, our interconnectivity, and then seek to to move towards this new paradigm where Mm -hmm. collaboration replaces competition. And there is this right... um, this right relation like you say there's all these different causes and for me yes and the cause i see is finding our way to live in the planet in right relationship with yeah. truth with ourselves with that our sovereignty, yeah. with what is
0: yes versus Absolutely.
1: different illusions and and bullshit that we live yeah
0: with. yeah getting getting to a core understanding like that that's i believe where it starts that if we if we had a culture that uh, you know, for in, in, for example, in, in the indigenous worldview, for the next seven generations is a value system. Yeah. Like, if our business, if our businesses and our and our societies were ran on that principle, we would be in right relations. We would be in enough of a harmony with 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 our ecosystems out of the extractive, you know, models. Um, there was something you were, you were saying around that that it can touch this this these these core themes because a lot of people haven't actually individuated in their consciousness. They're actually unconsciously compensating for the pain of codependency. We need to, it's this like blur of like, how do we go from this one arena of life to a new arena? We have to pass through the wound and come to the resolved other side of the wound. And so there's both the the, res, the, the the nature of resolving the wound, why it's in progress, and then what emerges on the other side of the resolution of the wound. But we need to have honesty about the wound. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of idealism in, say, some more of the transformational or spiritual communities where this, like, oh, we need to do everything together and, and like, collaborate. And then, wait, wait, there's a lot of... It's like, all of a sudden, there's, like, there's a lot of this codependency in the field. And then mm-hmm. in the other side where... And like the corporate situations, there's so much professionalism and people come on time and like, but there's no space for emotions allowed. You're not, there's no intimacy. There's no, um, the culture's dry and in this dominant hierarchical system. So both distortions need to get broken down and the things that are actually aligned from both can can be fused. And so that's what we're innovating right now. In order to collaborate effectively, we have to be in a sovereign individuated wholeness to plug and play we have to be standing in our own sovereignty and, and stewardship to f- effectively collaborate with someone else or you know and so this is where it's tricky and this is where it gets blurred because there's a lot of idealism that happens in sort of you know the rainbow culture or the you know some of these uh, spiritual communities there's a, there's so much vision and the vision is beautiful and the vision is coming from this higher chakra vantage point but if it's not integrated it's not it's not grounded in re- in actual relationship and the capacity to feel and be attuned to another human being, then it stays in vision. And so I think we're in this unique territory on, on the planet right now where the, the distortions on both sides are ramping up mm-hmm. and, they're, and they're ping-ponging off each other. So like yeah. mainstream culture has been attacking new age culture at a, at a whole new level last year because of things like QAnon and mm-hmm. you know, how a bunch of people had to move from the left to the right because there was no other choice instead of finding, well, what's the middle? Mm-hmm. What is the middle path? Here, why do I have to choose any of this? You know, and so that that option isn't even in the in 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 the mind or in the consciousness yet. Mm-hmm. That we don't even have to participate in certain levels anymore. And as long as we keep giving these systems our energy, you know, it, we feed them. But the the journey into the unknown of giving our energy something else that we can't even see, taste, or smell fully yet is like that's that that feels scary. It's unknown. It's unfamiliar. And so i think we're in this place where there's a lot of we're we're bridging the unseen and the seen in this really powerful way and and it's people are are really trying to grasp to the familiar on, at all costs whether that's on a on a emotional spiritual level or just on a very physical level so i think the the conversations that are going to be had have to bring the unresolved pieces into connection and start to understand what's what where the distortions are actually living in our current systems both in the ideological and in the functional Mm -hmm.
1: and i'd love to hear i'd love to hear your perspective on this because when i'm hearing this i like i'm totally there with you and there's also always this part of me that just wants to simplify everything to the core right Of like beyond all the big words and like you know i know that some people will be listening to this podcast and right there with us and i'm sure like i get so excited i'm like yes let's go there and there will be people listening to this podcast and thinking these two are tripping what are they talking about yeah simplified in a really simplified version that has supported me to really Mm. integrate these What I have come to realize within myself is that it's all about decolonizing my own mind. So really decolonizing my mind from all of the different stories that I didn't consciously and intentionally from a space of sovereignty and freedom chose. All of the different um, contracts or agreements that I made of I'm going to behave this way, I'm going to believe I am this, um, I'm going to play this identity of whatever. Yeah. For me, I had to divorce the identity of the good wife and the yeah. good girl and then the yeah. identity of the, the saint and the, so many yeah. different identities. The so, savior,
0: all of yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So what are the identities that you have agreed to play mm-hmm. into and what are the ways in which you're behaving because you have agreed to that? And we can go into the big spiritual concepts around it. And at the end of the day, what I have found is that it's all about being really truly honest having the courage to look at oneself and going where am i still full of shit where am i not free where am i keeping myself prisoner so that i can upkeep an appearance or a level of quote-unquote status success where am i bullshitting myself saying that i want something that i must stand for something but actually not being congruence because the more congruence I keep on bringing to my life and to my being, to my business, my relationship, the easier everything is, because I no longer need to think about it. My body knows when something is true and when something is yes. completely out of alignment.
0: Totally. Yeah. You have to have a relationship with your body and with truth to even have that that compass sort of go off of like, ding, 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 ding. like Something doesn't feel right here. Or like, oh, truth bumps. You know, like if if people are mm. too in their mind they can't even they, yeah. they they've been shamed enough early or young enough if we don't free up those younger parts we can't listen to our own body mm. you know i i love what you're saying to, and and I'll thank you for the invitation to to bring more precision in my language to simplify it and break it down because you know i'm tracking such complex elements oh, I'm loving really it grounded. that's just
1: my contribution to it you're welcome. To <laughs> totally. I'm, I'm in it with you well,
0: the invitation I felt in your share was like, okay, let me let me talk a little bit about the new culture. let me let me make it tangible. let me let me ground it in for everybody out there listening in ways that might be inspiring to consider. Um, I think it is about radical honesty. I think it's radical authenticity. I think a lot of people out there, they have their therapist or their coach or their healer, or they have their elders, and those are the places that they can be vulnerable. But in peer-to-peer relationships, we still have a culture of positioning and shaming and and rivalry and other things that are still going on. So as as the community of people that's stewarding and guiding humanity home to itself, we actually need to invite a deeper quality of accompaniment and self-ownership and and compassion and care. Because we're the ones that are meant to to template it and, and basically showcase what's possible for the collective. So if the light workers or whatever you want to call people that are doing their inner work and want to make the world a more beautiful place that works for everybody, our collective community needs to address the deeper shadows that we've carried into this lifetime and, and, and begin to dissolve the, the distortions that still live within these sort of entrepreneurial spiritual intersections. Because if we can do it and we can collect, we can actually effectively collapse rivalry and we can come into a deeper vulnerability and transparency, if we can actually honor the mastery and the innocence of another, another being and it's not perceived as threatening, it's not perceived in a certain way because we're truly all walking each other home. Like if that becomes a lived reality, then we bring in a new energetic for the collective to follow. So this this includes how men and women relate to each other, how brothers relate to brothers, how brothers relate to sisters, how sisters relate to sisters, how we raise our children, all these different things on a on a very functional level. And so we still have a culture that still kind of shames certain emotions or experiences and and doesn't allow enough spaciousness for the intelligence of life to actually guide. So what am I, so these feminine principles of like, you said, you know, being in the right relationship and, and coming to these core truths. I, I, I believe that there's a lot of extremely well-intended human beings out there, like in the collective consciousness in these niche arenas. But yeah, the, 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 the need for deeper shadow work deeper accountability because we have to uproot all these things in ourselves. if we're carrying anything from the old world we're bringing that seed into the new culture we're bringing that seed into the, you you know it's like if we're tending the soil right you use the soil analogy and not everyone needs to live in the same eco village not everyone like there's no requirement to collaborate with anyone that you're truly not in a in a a resonance enough alignment to work with but you can still love them and you can still support them in the world Mm -hmm. This is where we dissolve competition, right? Like, so like I might have someone on the other side of the world that I've spent time with, that I've loved and that we've accompanied each other for a chapter in the journey. And then there's, you know what? There's some kind of completion to that contract. I don't need to hold any blame, shame, guilt or or charge towards that other human being. I can bless them up in their service to humanity and it's not a competition, right? So the competitive piece is probably one of the first layers that we need to dissolve in our collective communities in order to actually start to open source some of the things that are going to serve the collective. Mm. So that's 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 one layer. So tending that soil is like, okay, cool. You know, some some flowers are so big they can't be in the same garden plot. Great. You know, you have a huge you know you have a huge personality you have a huge movement you need to be the one, great. But then if you start to find your match, then there's, there's a new there's a higher template that we actually go into when we come into, into surrendered leadership or shared leadership. Mm-hmm. So this is where, where when that, that individual self that's individuated enough and isn't enough of their own wholeness, they can sit in a room with other masters and they don't they don't need it to be about them anymore. They don't need the full focus. They don't need to be leading or guiding or teaching all the time. They can actually come into a deeper stillness of listening. And when we listen together, Holy crap! The quantum field opens, and life starts to say, "Here's what wants to happen." If we all, we're all listening to to the self organizing intelligence of nature, of of this evolutionary paradigm that we know is possible because we're all in enough stillness together, and we're we're all listening so deeply. And then every person's process is held as sacred and it perfect as it is, and none, no one needs to be invalidated for having a moment of human humanness. No one needs to be dismissed for having a moment of, of their sacred process emerging connection. Then, then there's a new culture forming. Then it's like, oh, the channel's coming through Sacred. Oh, the channel's coming through Adam. Oh, the, the, the channel's coming through Virginia. Oh, this channel's coming through just magic. And we listen together and we sit and we, we allow and we respect ourselves and value ourselves and each other enough that we actually form these coherent councils that can hold a much bigger en- energy than one individual. Mm-hmm. And this is already templated on, on, on a higher level. Like this, this way of council existed at one point in indigenous tribes mm-hmm. and existed in, in in ancient civilizations. So you use like this ancient future technology is re-emerging. These, mm-hmm. these not these top-down systems, but these systems of synarchy and, and holacracy. But it does require a fully individuated sovereign being to be able to hold that. So that's, that's the like edge that, you know of, of of discovery and crunchiness because we can't jump from codependency right into collaboration. We have to um, we have to dissolve the codependency first.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and it's such it's deep work. It's, it's deep work. super deep work. <laughs> <laughs> like, It is, you know, like we're we're saying it here. I'm like, yes, and that is a whole journey of of its own. It's yeah. definitely work, and I feel like the only thing that can really get us through is a deep commitment to the why, a deep commitment to this bigger vision of, I know personally, I've been purging in buckets and crying my eyes out and like exposing all of the different shadows and working sure. in all of these different ways of myself for years. And the only thing that has made it possible for me to have this relentless commitment to mm. to liberation is mm. the, the connection to that vision of mm-hmm. I personally, Thing, that it doesn't make any sense to live in a world where some people are seen as more worthy or most valuable than others it doesn't make any sense that in a yeah. planet where we have more than enough food people starve to death it doesn't make any sense that yeah. some people decide that they can own the water and then sell it to people like all of these things just do not make sense to me
0: yeah. so
1: there's that fierce commitment of living in a world of truth and for me there's nothing that, that matters most. There's nothing that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. So that can take me through the heavens and hell of, mm-hmm. of really liberating myself. But it is so yes. important because how I see it, and I, I say this often, I do not want to live as a prisoner. So when people say it is hard, the inner work, the shadow work is uncomfortable, it's ugly. What is the alternative? what is the alternative? I do think that we can learn through bliss. I do think that we can learn through beauty. I don't think it's always this need to be challenging and awful and painful and all of the things. And I will do whatever it takes so that I can be free. Why would I choose to be a prisoner to my conditioning? Why would yeah. I be choose to be a prisoner to whatever another human being chooses i am able or allowed to do or not just that just doesn't make any sense so connecting to the why it's so important because otherwise it is tough
0: yeah yeah absolutely this is this is what i often share with with friends that also coach or do healing work you have to when you're onboarding someone that hasn't explored this work or understands the context of, of doing really deep shadow work or having to look at core wounds, you have to educate the, on the value of doing that work to have enough of an incentive to go into the dark night. Why would you choose a dark night of the soul? But here's the irony in the initiatic process that we're in as a collective, that dark night's coming whether you want it or not. You might as well get with the river because the soul will take the personality through the mud kicking and screaming it does not care what the personality has to go through in order for the soul to grow and this is where the orientation as we start to get these other vantage points starts to shift oh wait this is this is for me not to this is not happening to me this is happening for me there's there's there is a resolution point that happens in consciousness when we shift from the personality to the soul and that's the collective journey that we're all on at varying degrees and stages but the shift from personality to soul is where the work starts to become more and more rewarding because the soul doesn't have a judgment on a set of feelings. The qualitative experience of sadness and grief is as powerful as bliss and joy. And in fact, if you want to expand your capacity to have more bliss and joy, you have to expand your capacity to be with grief and loss. It's just part of the setup of being on earth. And that's the thing, you know, you talk about these yogi, these yogi texts, you know, of like, in in fire and in cold in validation and in in invalidation you are untouched right it's not that you become disassociated and just go into witnessing witnessing consciousness is that when you have the courage to feel everything you have more of everything and the part of you that is existing as a consciousness within the body as a soul as deeply connected to your own god spark to your own divinity to source then the capacity to be with all of it expands and that that forges a quality of resiliency and so in the old learning curve for souls on another paradigm, like in the Piscean era, we did, we had to leave the world and we had to sort of unplug from societies and go through these initiations alone in caves or in ashrams and these other setups. We're bringing back all the information and experiences of that to bring that back into the village in this learning curve. And this learning curve is the mystery school of daily life. The emotions that will come up just walking in a fucking grocery store is the same kind of emotions you'd have to face in like an initiatic temple experience, like in another lifetime. The quality of energy is the same. And so it's it's really orienting to like life itself as a mystery school that the soul is learning and growing through. Mm-hmm. Everything, all of the mirrors, all of the relationships, all of the circumstances, everything is there to, to awaken you to your sovereignty and your freedom. Mm-hmm. So your orientation is, is matches my own. And that's, that's a little bit, there's a warrior in there. There's a spiritual warrior in there. That's like, I will, I will go through to arrive Mm -hmm. at a place that I know is going to have more peace Mm -hmm. and more relief and, and, and offer that road to other souls, other beings. And so a lot of, you know, like my mentors and people that went before us, they put this into consciousness. the the masters that have lived in other eras that completely liberated their consciousness, they they set a roadmap into the collective grid. And so there's, many of us are following the pathway unique to ourselves and our own unique system, our own unique essence, but nonetheless traversing a road that has been burnt and, and carved and, you know, through the thick, dark forest. So that there is, there is a pathway, and the more of us that do this work, the more of us that clear and break these ancestral agreements that have had generations of suffering, the more of us that break these collective agreements of handing over our power and sovereignty to an external authority that doesn't actually care for our well-being and full awakening, the more that we break that, then we, we actually expand that path for more to follow, and it gets easier and easier for the next wave. So whatever I had to survive that took me 16 years, I've had clients get a lesson that took me five years in a, in a flash, in a moment of transmission. Boom. Five years of work distilled into an essence, and then all of a sudden they're in full connection with their with their inner child or in full connection to their soul. And we make it easier and easier for the next wave and the next wave and the next wave and the next wave.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the question that comes to mind is for the people, you know, I'm I'm right there with you. I have that connection. And I don't know. I didn't, I don't think I chose this. I was born <laughs> this way, let's say. And and I've always had this deep, like it's in everything, like my life path, my everything, if all the different personality tests and enagrams right. and all the things. That's just who I am, right? So I've always had this deep like devotion to serve the collective. Ooh. And I know that a lot of my clients share with me that sometimes they, you know, a lot of my clients are deeply connected to the why, absolutely mission-driven. And there's clients that share with me that once they start doing the inner work and it's not longer about what they thought the mission was, like empower women to love their bodies, that is the mission. Once they start deepening their understanding of themselves and their connection to truth, then the why becomes blurry and they're no longer know because the the initial why the initial quote unquote mission was was created by the ego and by the personality so what would your advice be Mm. for people that are in this process of wanting to connect to a deeper why that has nothing to do with what the ego gets gratification from
0: yeah there's 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 no amount of external validation that can replace the fulfillment of the soul being in full connection with life. And so we have to be, we, we go through these dismantling processes, disillusionment waves where, you know, that ego aspect, that's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to get enlightened or, Oh yeah. I'm going to like, you know, it's like breadcrumbs that light like, you know, spirit or life or higher self, whatever, you know, exalted aspect that you guys, you know, can, can appreciate (laughs) as a larger intelligence than than your own personality or ego leaves these breadcrumbs. And yeah, because the ego per se would never choose to annihilate itself. It would never be like, all right, sign me up for that dark night of the soul. That's going to be awesome. It doesn't, it would never choose it, but we have, we have, it's like, I look at the ego construct as scaffolding for the temple of the soul. It's part of, the, it's part of the, sh- the blueprint here. It's part of the setup. The ego is not bad. It's not wrong, it's not evil. It's just how we survived our reality as little ones and the ways that we coped with and managed the pain of being in separation and not having certain needs met and having to navigate this dense reality with wounded adults that were projecting all their shit onto us and playing out their psychodrama with their own children. For generations yep. and so <laughs> it's the 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 breadcrumbs it's it's th- this is the thing if you follow that path and you go through those disillusionments of like oh wait i thought i was doing it for this reason and you have to go through the the uncomfortable initiation of every of that dark night because in the dark night all of your beliefs dissolve all of all the things that you held on to and then but whatever returns is more refined and and there's not just one dark night of the soul. And then you're, and then you're awakening. (laughs) There's, there's many, right? And so each one is stripping whatever's not actually true anymore. And each time there's a deeper relationship with the stillness of creation. Each time there's a little bit of a deeper relationship with, with the soul. Oh, that set of emotions feels less threatening now that I'm feeling safer in this thing that used to be like terrifying each layer. Oh, I'm a little safer in this, or I'm a little more connected to myself when I'm in this, and so that that gradual stripping away is is a natural part of our awakening it's actually natural and then the why reemerges from a deeper place of essence mm-hmm. you know and the soul, it's like when you when the soul energy and the inner child are in harmony there's nothing from the outside world that can that can really replace that that self connection yeah it, it can't
1: I remember when I started coaching, I had this, um, I used to do self-love and self-confidence coaching before I transitioned <laughs> into the embodiment and leadership work I do now. And I remember I had this really clear statement of, you know, like something like I'm coaching so that to help everyone love themselves or whatever. I don't know. Make
0: yeah. I help but... so-and-so do so-and-so. So Exactly. So-and-so. And, <laughs>
1: and I thought, you know, this is it. And at the time, As I was doing all of this coaching work, I was also, I've never stopped taking myself through the work, you know, like it's been deep and deep initiation after next. Mm. And as I continue to deepen, there is an aspect of that that remains truth. That is, it actually does break my heart when I see Mm. the human the humanity in this self-doubt and and having forgotten the divinity and the actual potential myself included i forget all of the time so often so that breaks my heart there's an aspect of that that is true but it's not longer about what i can share with others or how pretty it can sound it's not longer like this mission that i'm pushing forth It's like, even if everything was to end, like if Instagram no longer existed and I had no followers and nobody knew I've ever created a podcast and nobody cared about how much money I've created and whether it's impressive or not. Like when all of that is gone.
0: How am I going to feel? (laughs) Yeah, and there's still that deep
1: desire of like, I'll just do it even if nobody sees me, even if nobody knows. And that's the essence of it, right? Beautiful. Beautiful. I wanna do a little recap because I feel like we're both, we can go really deep and really high in all of the different concepts. And so looking at the different systems that are currently, let's say the pillars of the society that we live in and recognizing that they are, I personally don't know if they're rotten. I think they were created and designed this way for a reason right Um, but we are awakening to ourselves we are awakening to truth we are um, becoming more attuned with the frequency of truth and we're looking at the different systems and going why the fuck have we allowed systematic um, racism Um, why have we allowed people to own and destroy the earth why have we agreed to all of these contracts without even reading them why yep. are we being letting people tell us what we can plant in our gardens and what we cannot, yep. what teas we can drink and what teas we yep. cannot, what things? We're recognizing that we have almost given our sovereignty and our freedom away, our power away to a system that promised, I will protect you if you let me take your rights and tell you what to do. So it's almost yep. like there's this system that's the the nanny the i call it the nanny no and and we've given everything away to the nanny we said manage yeah. my health manage my education educate my children manage yeah. my money and we've yeah. never asked questions so now i feel like collectively we started to ask questions like yeah why do we pay taxes? And how did money come about? And yeah, yeah. why are we trusting our health to corporations that profit from our diseases? And why? Yeah. We're just starting to ask why. Who's profiting sure. from racism? Who's yeah. profiting from this? Who's starting to ask why? So looking at that and understanding the need to do our mm-hmm. deeper work and look mm-hmm. at our wounds, where our codependency and our fear of mm-hmm. trusting ourselves mm-hmm. and being servant and independent is coming mm-hmm. from and doing this healing will support us. If that happens, when that happens, what will those new systems that are supportive of life, freedom, justice, truth will look like?
0: You know, think of all the best elements that that do exist and just wherever there's distortion in our collective systems, just think of the opposite. So if if competition and, and rivalry and war are the things that need our economy to keep going what's the opposite of that cooperation Mm -hmm. alignment and peace you know it's like it's literally there's an equal opposite vibration to everything so top down a pyramid to a circle you know Mm -hmm. this hyper patriarchal doesn't need to swing into matriarchy but integration so yeah i agree i think that i think that there's going to be a lot of disillusionment right and disillusionment is when we we think something works a certain way or we we believe so deeply in something and then we find out it's false or or untrue or not actually serving life or our souls we have to go through that unraveling process of identity and beliefs and and really really examine and so you know if you mentioned colonization earlier and and I'm just going to share one thing that I think might help people have a a meta framework for for all of this and and how this actually impacts us on you like how did this happen how do we have these things so before colonization no matter who you are in the world if you go back through time your your ancestral lineage we had a direct connection to creation there was no intermediate. and in those natural settings no matter again no matter where you are from in the world our ancestors had a uh a drum, a song, a fire, a ritual for authentically expressing, for for addressing trauma through trance states of having a direct connection to the all that is. And when you're experiencing the all that is in a natural state in connection with other beings, there's a natural harmony and fulfillment that comes from that. There's a simplicity, right? That's so rewarding. And in those experiences, we are experiencing a real lived sense of divinity and timelessness. The timelessness is the quantum field state of, of the universe, it's in its expanding, infinite expanding potentiality. And so when, when colonization happens, it jolted us out of organic time into inorganic time. So you have Greenwich Mean Time in England, which is the dominant power structure that took over the world. So our time system, our calendar system, everything that we're in, we've been shifted from one organic time orientation in consciousness to, to an to a imposed construct. So as long as we're functioning inside of an inorganic time structure, we there's a whole set of rules and agreements that come within that time structure. Stock market, all these other th- systems live inside of that colonial framework that was literally designed to imprison consciousness Mm -hmm. and so when we start the process of decolonizing consciousness and that does it's not just on a theoretical level like this is this is again how we perceive time time is money all these you know so we're we're, you know jose aguilar's it's called we're moving from time as money to time as art that journey is the journey where as as we decolonize it we say you know what actually why did we stop a thirteen moon calendar way of tracking time? Why did we? Why did you know? Why has time been so manipulated? And, and as things speed up, it, as that sort of hyper technological, hyper masculine, hyper mental energy that is, you know is is literally like showing itself. It's like it's really showing what it's about and what it's here for. If we don't properly tether back to organic time. There's like a window right now that we have to to re-choose, to re-tether to to our mother earth and her natural rhythms and cycles and her deeper, more gradual way of communicating. Because when we're in the inorganic time and everything speed up and we're trying to keep up with all these these things that actually go against life, like the body's going to burn out or break down, this is going to happen. There's going to be physically irrefutable consequences to continuing to live that way. And so we need to get honest with if we keep going down this road, what that actually leads to. And that technology is not the answer for everything. It has its place. And when spiritually informed can serve life. But when it's not, and it's it's serving an inorganic time matrix that's meant to enslave consciousness, (laughs) you know, that's a different setup, right? And so There is, you know, I think there's an integrated version of all the things that we talk about. Like, I don't think everyone needs to move into a yurt and turn off their Wi-Fi. I think we can have integration. We can have ancient and future technologies come into harmony. Mm -hmm. So in the new systems, we have regenerative systems. The things that create fuel and electricity actually function in harmony with life. They're not extractive. They're they're replenishing. They're regenerative. That is a foundational principle. And all of these things existed. Tesla created these things. All these things were suppressed. People were killed. People were, were taken. Those things were hidden. And, and then the, the extractive model was put in place to exploit and extract and take away from the people and from, from life itself. So literally everything is extractive now. And so what, what is the new system? Looking? Regenerative. It's replenishing the soil. It's replenishing our own energy. It's replenishing and rejuvenating ecosystems as opposed to taking from them. That's, that's a foundational piece that needs to happen. And yeah, we have, but like I said earlier, we have to be willing to take the journey into the unknown to get there. We have to be like, oh shit, I need to, I need to gradually weed myself off the addiction I have to my phone or, oh, I have to gradually unravel this dependency on that structure to take the bold and courageous step towards doing this in this way, I have to leave this unfulfilling dead marriage that's loveless. Because I have some false obligation to this you know, societal agreement in order to actually create a space that experienced divine union on the other side of that with, with someone I actually am a match with. Like all these things that we have to say goodbye to are scary to say goodbye to because they were familiar and they served in that form. So there is a courage required in the way that you you've, you've so eloquently named it in your own orientation towards life. That's something that each individual has to adopt for themselves and implement and see the value of doing that.
1: Yeah. And I know that when we speak about these things, oftentimes people go into, well, does that mean that we need to go into communism and kill capitalism? I know this is a question that goes up for a lot of people. Um, I think there's so much to say in regards to how, I think capitalism wasn't meant to be what is now this has become more materialism and it's not really capitalism. There's a lot of corruption in it that makes it so that it can't be capitalism. I am not an advocate to like kill capitalism and go into communism not, the conversation is not that one, but can you tell me or tell us a little bit about how that can happen without having to change capitalism itself and going to full on hippie commune, Yeah, it doesn't have
0: to be extremes. Yeah, that's why people avoid it. Like, I don't want to give up these things that don't make any sense to me. There's an integrated version of all of it. You know, there's a version of living in community that's not like a commune. There's a version of Mm -hmm. of like living in harmony with nature without being a, a hippie. You know, like there's the integrated version of all these things that we have our own personal relationship with. When it comes to commerce and capitalism, as long as capitalism has the colonization wound and and inherent fabric within it it, it's not serving life so we need to move into sacred economics we need to like it's starting to happen with with cryptocurrencies and Mm -hmm. things like that where it's decentralized like fiat currency in its current form requires oil and war in order to function and so when we shift our economies over to regenerative it's like oh like there's it's, it's defining the value, just like you said, Oh, people have to see the value of doing inner work and why they would want to sign up for going through an eco disillusionment experience. <laughs> because there's more fulfillment on the other side right when it comes to shifting commerce and sacred economics from our materialistic capitalistic exploitative base into a regenerative and. Um, different sort of cultural model we see the, like we place our value on that. Like if we actually value nature, we have to make adjustments. If we actually value, you know, being fully alive and fully self-expressed, we have to make adjustments. And so I think it's based on the value system and the value of exchange. It's understanding what am I actually investing into? So if we move the, the idea of moving from time as money to time as art, if we're having the internal experience of, of our divinity and fulfillment, we naturally want to create systems that amplify and mirror and amplify the sense of fulfillment and soul. So like, just look at, just on a structural level, like when you build a house, if you're building, if you're just building a house just to build a house versus, oh, cool. Like this is where the water catchment systems go. It can still be sexy. It can still be chic and you know, this whole eco chic thing. Like you can, we can create sexy culture. That's fucking dope but it's just in alignment with heart and in harmony with nature mm-hmm. and, and the laws of reciprocity. Cause all the capitalism in its previous form was extractive life and the principles of life have to move it back into reciprocity. The law of I need a sacred exchange, mm-hmm. sacred exchange. So trading goods and giving and, and, and tr- trading value is, is al- has ex- always existed in humanity. Mm-hmm. We've had ways of creating a sacred exchange, but when, when we had the middleman come in and be like, Oh, this is you know, like commerce as we know it emerged out of the crusades when men would go off to fight and and they had their their gold, they 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 could get robbed. And so they like the banks were like, yo, give us your gold, we'll give you this piece of paper that says how much gold you have and we're gonna gain interest and start to trade it. That happened during the crusades. Well, we
1: found the war with the gold that we took and never give the gold back. Yeah.
0: So think think about that. Think about the like mm-hmm. that the banking system as we know it emerged during the Crusades. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I think I think it's going to be like it's if we can all be okay with that. There's going to be some messiness as we figure it out. Then it's 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 just welcoming the honest conversations around the messiness, <laughs> the transitions. Birth, birth isn't always the smooth thing, you know. Like, yes, there's women out there that have ecstatic births that are that surrendered to life that they can have an ecstatic birth. They can literally have an orgasmic birth. It exists in nature. It ha- I know someone who's had an ec- actually, you know, three people have had ecstatic births. And for other people, birth is painful. It's you know, it's it's 16 hours of laborous you know stuff but then but this portal of like the spiritual world into the physical world opens and it's a sacred thing right so we're in a collective version of a birthing process where there's going to both be chaos and orgasmic revelation and both messiness and, and the placenta and blood and then uh, the first breath of life breathing for the first time certain people like literally taking their first breath ever as a as a soul and not Mm. just a personality yeah that's what we're in
1: Mm. I do see this shift happening for a lot of people and I had one of my friends a few days ago she got quite emotional and she was crying looking at me in the eyes and she was like it's just getting so intense for so many people and I looked at her and I said but this is choice It's opening choice. And I see it as this, not to undermine anybody's pain. And hear me, I've been through it, in it many times, discomfort, sadness, all of the things. And what I am finding is that ever since this whole situation, I don't even want to buy into any of the names, but this whole situation we're all well aware (laughs) of, that changed the world as we knew it.
0: This whole thing
1: started, yes. Ever since this started, what I've seen is we've been really pushed to our edges so that we can choose so yeah. there were all these people that were living in autopilot and not just the people that went to the corporate job and then got drunk at night and up the same thing everybody even like yeah. the most conscious doing what i love successful entrepreneur have done all yeah. that awesome digital ceremonies. nomad everybody yeah. has yeah. gone through it so it's this opportunity to choose and to choose from a space of what do you want? What timeline are you going to subject to? Are you going to say yes to the systems of oppression and giving away your servanty even Mm. further? Or are you going to say, Hey, this smells funny. Like I'm out of here. This is not how it works. And as you were saying, it doesn't need to look like the hippie commune, and having giving away all of your possessions and all of that, I don't subscribe yeah. to that. I don't buy into yeah. that. I want my my home and my car and everything yeah. to look beautiful yeah. and feel beautiful yeah. and be comfortable. And I want to live in a way that respects the earth, that is yeah. in right relationship with everything and everyone, and not just because of the earth, because of I have a sense of self-protection. And if yep. the earth goes to crap, so will It's I. actually in
0: our best interest exactly.
1: to
0: do that. <laughs>
1: exactly. And it's important to understand that we're not saving yeah. the earth. This greenwash culture that is raising now, like this whole
0: thing. The earth will be fine.
1: The earth will be fine. We're yeah. the ones that are going to be screwed. We might
0: not be. Crude. Yes. Exactly. <laughs>
1: so one thing that I really wanted to... um to hear from you about because i know that you do quantum healing sessions and i actually was um i've reached out to you to do a session with you and one of the things that you mentioned this supports a lot of leaders is in really stepping into that connection within understanding and owning their gifts more fully and i see there's an aspect of sovereignty in that mm-hmm. so because we're in this space of quantum manifestation everyone's saying how quickly things both mm-hmm. in the not so beautiful and and the incredible and mm-hmm. are manifesting. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, more about how quantum healing works and the benefits of this work?
0: Yeah. So from a quantum paradigm, the unseen aspect of life. There's, there's. Ima- imagine, imagine, um, like if you're if you're building, say, a house. And there's a software program in a computer where you map out the dimensions of the house and you can actually see the blueprint of the house in a 3d model in the in the computer screen before you build it the quantum is like an energetic version of that for your soul and for everything you're, you're here to create so when we go into the quantum energy we're going into the, the blueprinting of the spiritual dimension of life that the physical world actually mirrors so it exists in energy first before it takes form and when we access that at an energetic level first it sets a runway for for the manifestation and for the physical uh, expression of the energy so often you know when we have certain diseases in the body or we're, we're having a repetitive cycle of a certain kind of trauma loop from childhood that we're playing out in our adult relationships things like that until we move the energy signature of it it will keep repeating itself and that also on the positive side when we put a new positive energy signature in it will then express itself physically so so quantum healing is about getting to the core energetic signature of things and either rewriting it or putting a new new a new program a new software program that can then manifest on a physical dimension
1: Mm, i love that there's another question I wanted to ask you um, to kind of wrap it up all together. Sure. Um, with this, anybody listening, knowing that there's this work that gets to happen, feeling it, resonating, maybe even listening and going, "What are these two talking about?" <laughs> I don't fully really get it, but yeah. my body is like my body gets it. Yeah. Anybody listening, what is the first step one can take? to To start surrendering to this process, to start choosing more consciously, to start becoming a part of the solution instead of perpetuating the issue.
0: I mean, this is the thing is that your own experience, you with you, you with your immediate environment, all your relationships, all we can do ultimately, all that we have control over is our. Own, we're, we're only responsible for us, right? And so I think a lot of people, want to try to fix or control these external situations but really doing the inner work is what we have the most um control over and and that in and of itself is still uh that's 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 a mountain it's like that's an everest in its own right so so mm-hmm. when we commit to doing inner work it's 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 committing to a journey and what I what I try to encourage is a gentleness with self. Like there's, there's a way to move forward and be diligent and committed without beating yourself up. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, it's, it's having the honest conversation of entering a journey. And when you're on the journey, the kind of frameworks of, of setting yourself up for success, you know, and that doesn't, And when i say success i mean i mean fulfillment and gentleness and self-love and all all these ideals that we talk about in personal development but but in a really lived way like we are our own worst enemies and best friends depending on how we relate to our own healing process and as someone that has pushed myself to the brink through you know like five nights of of medicine you know just like so many things where i push myself so hard The, the 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 codex that i would offer everyone out there that's doing this work or entering this work, abandon the idea of needing to fix or get rid of anything and build the resilience of being with, being with it, sitting with it because our, our soul is meant to reparent our own nervous system, our own inner child. And that inner child, when it comes to the, to the, to the ascension path or self mastery in this day and age, the setup's a little different. And, there's not a lot of systems out there that talk about this you know there's a lot of exalted things to the light side of things and manifestation and, and connecting to your higher self and then there's a lot of work out there around you know shadow work and going into your core wounding we need both we actually need both mm-hmm. we need more of the light work to expand us into joy and higher perspectives and then we need to take that higher perspective and then go into the shadow and meet the unmet places in ourselves that haven't been accompanied, that have never had another soul in there to witness that pain. And so, the the courage is the courage to go in past the mental need to understand it into, into the raw lived energy of it, the grief, the shame, whatever's there. So it's 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 always a yes and and not an either or. We need we need the light work and we need the shadow work to become integrated and. How we relate to ourselves in our healing process along the way is, is absolutely crucial and so you know there's no shame in getting support there's, and and there's nothing to get rid of or fix it's literally rewriting the stories rewiring from the soul
1: yes my teacher says there is nothing more enlightened conscious mature evolved you can ever possibly do other than accepting yourself is that yeah Yeah. every time every single time i love that thank you and how can people find you and work with you if they want to book a quantum healing session or any
0: all all my handles are the same pretty much luke cohen l-u-k-e-k-o-h-e-n so it's cohen with a k at luke cohen and instagram www.lukecohen.com and that's you know I have things that are like free and for everybody. And I share a lot of content, as you know, um, stories, videos, and then, and I have, I'm a musician as well. And and I'm weaving a lot of these narratives through hip hop and neo soul and and future folk. Um, And then, you know, with group programs and as an individual it's there's there's, so there's whatever degree of access like I have something for everybody, so. Mm-hmm. find find the level that you want to play out and i will meet you there <laughs>
1: amazing love it yeah. yeah for anybody listening highly recommend to following uh, to follow your page on instagram i get every single time i read one of your posts i'm like yes you know there's the people that are just <laughs> regurgitating information on socials yeah. and then there's the people that are coming from the inside out with their messages and i can really feel the difference so Thank you for your work. There's one more last question I want to ask you, and is, in your opinion, what makes a leader sacred?
0: My my mentor always said that a leader is someone who who leads themselves, right? So I think those of us that have been sort of forged by life, that have emerged as leaders, um, the sacredness is the journey that we've been on to actually get to where leadership is naturally overflowing. I don't believe in leadership as a self-appointed position. I don't believe in leadership as a, as an ideology. It's, it's actually unglamorous to be a leader. Often you're in the background. Often you have to, uh, take on a lot of shadow projections from other people. Being a leader is, is not glamorous. It really truly, um, it's fulfilling for the soul, but it's, it, it can, it's not actually like as glamorous as people make it out to be. And so, what's sacred for, for, the, for the new earth leadership or the emerging leadership is, is the journey that someone has had to take to actually emerge as a leader. That's sacred.
1: I love that, I love that. Thank you, thank you for your sacred leadership and for how you show up and the work that you do. And yeah, I feel the integrity and the depth and how much of a truth seeker you are. And I really <laughs> acknowledge and appreciate that. So thank you for your time here. I feel like we could have spoken for a thousand years um, totally. <laughs> it was a great intro conversation. So, thank you.
0: It's a joy to be in connection with you. I, I really appreciate what you're tracking and how you're showing up and start to keep building with you, sister. It's, it's a powerful time. And we all, those that have the ears and eyes to see, we, we, we need to support each other now more than, more than ever. So,
1: yeah. thank yeah. you. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found something valuable that you can apply to your own life and leadership. And I wanted to let you know that I am opening up a couple of spaces for private initiations. These are private coaching containers for women that want to radically transform their life and leadership through doing the deep embodiment in her work. This is for the woman that is ready to be initiated into a whole new level of embodiment of her truth and her mission ready to meet herself more deeply and authentically than ever and bring more depth to her legacy as a leader and entrepreneur. This is about amplifying your impact from the inside out. And if you want to learn more, go ahead and check the link in the show notes to apply for one of the spaces or direct message me on Instagram with the word initiation. And I will personally share more details with you. Thank you again for taking the time of your day to listen to this episode and I will connect with you in the next one.